Before we kick off today's episode, we just wanted to tell you about a resource designed just for you. Lana Hearth has put together a simple guide to optimizing your nutrition and feeling the best you can. And it's free. Head over to lanahearth.com to download the new mum's nutrition checklist. Now, on with the show. And I'm Tara, a journalist. We're mums of little ones and we're also sisters. New Mums Nutrition is a podcast that helps you optimize your nutrition and thrive in this season of life. What would be good to share today is just to share some of the health highlights and lowlights for our postpartum period. So for that 12 months after those wild events in the labor ward, what were our journeys like and we both had very different journeys Mm. and I thought that by sharing this it might help people understand kind of why we're so passionate about our podcast as well. Lana's really used her knowledge and her expertise and her specialization to optimize in the in the situations we're in so we thought we'd just share some of the things we faced and actually that we're real moms who struggle with you know, very normal things, but there are, are also lots of wins along the way as well. And so just to show that balance. So do you want to share what your fourth trimester was like? Um, I mean, just first of all, the first thing that comes to mind is just emotional, like, right, the amount of hormonal changes that you go through um, is just huge. And so, yeah, I just remember like being warned about you know, feeling the drop in hormones that is a natural process because to give labor, your oxytocin levels are so high, but that means you sort of tend to have blues around day three, typically. Mine didn't come come till about day five. Um, so that was really part of it. Plus, you know, the, the constipation and hemorrhoids just from pushing a baby out, uh, was just some of like the I'm just thinking back to the first week and then getting used to breastfeeding my journey my initial breastfeeding journey was was actually quite easy surprisingly because I I was preparing myself for actually well I heard so many stories about how hard it can be and I think sometimes it is very hard but also it can be an easy start but it doesn't mean your whole journey is going to be easy which will continue talking about breastfeeding i did also get blocked duck which is a risk for mastitis and so i got blocked ducks around eight weeks the first time and then i ended up getting mastitis at 12 weeks um as well so i guess sort of just in the cusp of that postpartum period that you mean the fourth trimester period oh sorry yes the fourth trimester period so yeah so i guess my my post my fourth trimester was a mix of like recovering like emotionally to becoming a mom and what that means and uh yeah just emotionally coming to terms with that then the physical transition of of you know birth and recovering from that uh getting used to breastfeeding getting used to what life looks at home but yeah i guess and then sleep actually just trying to get used to those sleepless nights um and I would actually just try and sleep whenever I could like I didn't care if my house was messy I just wanted to sleep what about you what was your fourth trimester like 
I feel like a lot happened in that 12 weeks. My be- my breastfeeding journey was a bit wild mm. and I wasn't expecting that. I mean, the first two days were great. I was doing great the first two days and then it became really painful. And then all of a sudden it was too painful to feed. And then I switched to pumping in hospital and they got me to see a lactation consultant. Thank goodness for that because she came in and straight away she said, your daughter has a tongue tie. And so I worked out a way to breastfeed her up until three and a half weeks when she had a procedure to cut the tongue tie. And not everyone chooses that. We chose it and it was a really good decision for our family, but not everyone needs to go down that path. That procedure tied in with our daughter really improving the quality of her feeds. So up until that point, she just wasn't sleeping because she was so hungry and there was nothing I could really do because she couldn't extract enough milk herself. So she fed on the hour. And so I think I was breastfeeding for 12 hours a day. It was exhausting for you. Not only did I feel tired by that, I remember Mother's Day was exactly six weeks after I'd given birth. And I remember lying on the lounge on Mother's Day just going, I can't even physically get up and get to my baby because I'm so tired. And then the next week, my doctor said, your iron is really low. I think it was either a six or a nine. And what should iron be normally, Lana? Particularly if you're looking at like your ferritin levels, which is your stored iron, we want it to be at least like around the 30 mark as a minimum. Uh, Typically, as anemic is like under 15. (laughs) And I didn't know. And my doctor said, you need to be taking your iron supplement. And then I went home and said to Lana, did you know I still need to be taking my iron supplement? And I swear, she always killed me. She was like, what? Why did you think that once the baby was out, you could stop taking your iron supplement? Where did you think the iron was magically going to come from? And I, I just didn't know. And so once I got back on the iron supplement, I, I wasn't I felt that angry. <laughs> no, you were pretty shocked that I'd stopped though. Mm, and like, I think I've just felt for you, like how exhausted you were. And I was like, please take your supplements. Like this will help you so much. And it really did. It was... It was really like it changed the game. It was a game changer. But also, um, I tell many of my friends this and, you know, you're my friends now. So I am the face of chronic constipation. And so like when I gave birth, Lana, as part of a, yeah, your baby's here present, gave me a pack of kiwi fruit and a bottle of laxatives because I was just I, like I'd done all that pushing and I'd actually done a bit of damage I needed multiple stitches and so I was still everything was still really sore and it took probably the whole of my first of my fourth trimester for everything to heal properly and so I was so scared to push a poo yeah and that's why sorry it is so important to get your like six week checkup from your GP so they can monitor things like that which is what you did which is why it took a bit longer than what we typically expect yeah that my doctor did pick up at my six week checkup that things were not healing as fast as they should have been and so he got me on a path to help with that which was really great but yeah so my fourth trimester was quite wild I didn't expect it to I mean I knew it would be wild but caught me by surprise well what was the rest of your year like with your son once you kind of hit that three month mark and you know the baby changes and you change and everything seems a a little different from week 13 onwards yeah I think um I don't think you ever really properly get into a routine because it's constantly changing with baby and you're constantly 
um, making decisions. And then at six months, you're sort of learning what solids looks like and learning that whole curve of introducing solids. And I think the, the dietitian in me was just so excited to do that, despite all the mess that it brings and, you know, it's, it's actually one extra thing you have to plan and prep in your day. Uh, and so I had that. And so I, but I actually also had a few surgeries during my first year, which for me, uh, I had the goal of exclusively breastfeeding until six months. And so had like emergency surgery for an abscess, um, whether they just need to remove some inflammation and infection. Like abscess is a bit of a buildup of pus in one particular area. There you go. And so I had a pilonidal abscess, uh, which for anyone who doesn't know, that's sort of uh, towards your lower back area, just above your bottom. <laughs> and it's around the tailbone, right? You, yeah, just above that. Um, and so because of that... Uh, I had a four and a half month old that I was exclusively breastfeeding while recovering from surgery, had to manage how to be away from my baby for like potentially eight hours. So I had actually stored some milk in the freezer um, and we had to navigate, would he learn to take the bottle and how how would that happen? And so I was actually, yeah, now I talk about, it, it was actually a bit of a, a stressful time and I, had to go for wound dressing changes for about six weeks, like every second day for six weeks. And so with the four-month-old, that was quite challenging, um, let alone all the other things that are challenging about being a mum during that time. Um, Yes, so that was unexpected, but then it sort of came back after that about... nine months later and so I had the surgery again had to go through the recovery process again and so but at least you weren't sitting down for large parts of the day the second time yeah I wasn't breastfeeding as frequently uh, because baby was quite a bit older Uh, but yeah that was quite difficult yeah no I talk about I'm like oh wow yeah it's amazing um you kind of push through it at the time and it's only when someone says, wow, that sounds like it was really hard that you stop and you go, oh, yeah, mm. it was, I thought it was only a six, but it's a 10 out of 10 hard. Yeah. And I think also I didn't realize like actually I was, oh, there was one day I was in hospital and I was breastfeeding exclusively and I was nil by mouth so I couldn't have any water or any food. Oh my goodness. And I didn't, and I didn't, yeah, I was so thirsty and I, in hindsight, should have advocated for myself to have a drip put in so that then I could have actually fluids. Um, I didn't even know you could do that. While I wait. Um, but regardless, um, I was able to bring baby to hospital with me. That was actually something that, uh, as a breastfeeding mom, one of the things that actually really empowered me to make it to my breastfeeding journey goals was knowing that I could breastfeed anytime, anywhere, and that's legislated. So when the hospital staff initially said to me like that I wasn't able to bring him in, I just double-checked and I said, I'm, I'm exclusively breastfeeding. And then they, they said, oh, okay, and they made accommodations for 
for my baby to come with me while I waited in the waiting room, obviously, um, all day. But yeah, so I just want to share that tidbit. But um, I think it is really empowering to know that it's not just you making a fuss about wanting to do something specific on your breastfeeding journey. Actually, there is legislation to support your breastfeeding goals Mm -hmm. if you have breastfeeding goals. Yeah, that's right. And um, we're going to talk all about that in another episode, so I'm not even going to get into it today. But No, this episode is about you, not the research, (laughs) about you. Yeah, so I guess that's sort of what happened. That was my – yeah, that was my – That was a huge hurdle. Sort of – It impacted even – it impacted even how like how you were going with exercise and things like mm. that because I remember you used to walk with your son quite a lot just yeah. to clear your head and get out in the sunshine. Yeah, I try and do daily walks. Um, but yeah, so that that was yeah something. But what about you? Well, after the fourth trimester, we sort of got into a bit of a groove, and things seemed to be going along swimmingly um, until. <laughs> Until my baby was nine months old. I think it was around about the nine month mark where, oh, I was like, I forgot. (laughs) It was about the nine month mark. I remember I just felt really tired all the time again and I just had no energy. And it was the point where I would go for a walk with my dog and who you may have heard in some previous episodes and my baby, baby in the pram, dog on the lead, just walk around the block every afternoon And it got to the point where a 10 minute walk up and down my street would take about a day and a half to two days to recover from. And I thought that's not, that's not normal. Like I know that I'm tired because I have a kid, but at that point I was sleeping quite a lot, like a, like a lot considering that I was a new mum, And so I thought, oh, this doesn't feel right. I went to my doctor. I said, I'm really tired. And I had a really great doctor who listened to me and took me seriously. And I'm so thankful for her. I remember sitting in her office, just feeling like a complete idiot with my nine-month-old going, I'm tired, thinking that she's just going to mm. look at my nine-month-old and go, of course you're tired. And I remember her looking at me and saying to me, the way you're feeling we will do whatever it takes to find out why you feel that way. Mm. And she was so great. And so she ordered all these scans and I just happened to mention, like I happened to mention that I had lost this very significant amount of weight. Like I expected, you know, I'd gained a bit in, everyone gains a bit when they're pregnant. You have to, you've got a baby inside you. Yes. You're going to gain at least the weight of the baby plus the placenta. Um, and so I, I just happened to mention to her, oh, and can you believe in six months I have lost X amount of weight? And she looked at me and she said, why have you not mentioned this to me before? That is not a normal amount of weight to lose. And I, th- I said to her, I'm breastfeeding though, because I just thought you're breastfeeding, you're burning extra calories. It's just going to happen. You might lose a bit of weight, but that's okay. And she looked at me and she said, no, I need to send you for all these scans. And I went for test after test after test. And it was really intense. And eventually it was kind of scary. And my Mm. husband was overseas at the time. And so I was managing the baby and the dog all by myself. And like the dog does not that much work, but you know, yeah, I had no energy. Um, 
So everything else, everything extra feels like. It was, everything was harder. Mm. And then it came back that I had something called postpartum hyperthyroidism. Mm -hmm. Is there an ism on the end? Yep. Postpartum um, hyperthyroidism. And so what that was, was that my thyroid had just in, in amongst all the hormone changes, my thyroid had just kind of taken a field trip and was working overdrive. And so I was struggling to keep weight on to the point where I had no energy and I was so down because I couldn't do the things I loved. And even, even trying to care for my kid was a massive effort. And so there's not really much you can do actually. I did get help from a really great team of professionals. I went on a very particular diet um, that thankfully included chocolate milk in order to combat the weight loss. I had to increase my calories a lot. Um, And it just kind of went away. Because you were actually underweight. Yeah, I was really underweight. And so, and so it affected my my quality of life completely. Um, yeah, you. Would, I remember you just being quite exhausted, and I must have been such a downer. I think I remember saying to you, "I can't even walk the dog without feeling like I've run a marathon." Mm. And so I think, like, obviously we're sharing these personal stories, but I guess I can't help but share that if anything feels unnormal, like that you're not feeling your normal self, that's really when it's so important to see a GP because. You might not know, but they'll have in their head all the different possibilities it could be. Um, And just even if I remember I once went, sorry to steal your thunder, but I once went to the doctor thinking, oh, I'm so tired. I must be like deficient in iron or vitamin D. And I was fine. And they just said they did a few tests and it was fine. But I was just glad I had that peace of mind. Um, But. I'm so glad that you went to your GP and actually got that checked and sorted. And I'm just thankful that they believed me because mm. I think a lot of people... The value of a good GP. A lot of people's experience would be the opposite, that mm. they would not be believed. But that that was the uh, another really challenging part of my postpartum journey. And given that it's a postpartum condition, it did sort itself out. But sometimes that's not always the case. And we're actually going to chat, have a whole episode about... Uh, postpartum medical conditions and complications in a later episode yeah apparently postpartum hyperthyroid happens to like around 10 percent yeah we don't have people that's on hand but but so those were some of just the challenges that i face and that you faced and one of the really encouraging things about actually chatting to people in our facebook group new mums nutrition has been hearing different stories because these are just two stories you know every birth story is different every postpartum journey is different and I'm really thankful for the variety of postpartum journeys that I've heard about because no two are the same and we can always learn something about other people's postpartum journeys and so that's what it was like for us and so we'd love to hear your stories as well in, in our Facebook group, New Mums Nutrition, it's so different and we're all unique. And the one really important thing is that what we've shared today is just our own stories. Please do not take it as any medical advice or recommendations at all. 
even though I'm a dietitian and Tara's a journalist, we... I can't make any medical <laughs> recommendations. <laughs> we, we just wanted to share our personal stories. And your specialized medical team will be able to help you with that. That's right. Anyway, thanks so much for listening to our stories. I know today was a little bit of a different tone, but it was so lovely for us to be able to share some of the more personal aspects of what it's like to be a mum and all the highs and lows of the postpartum journey. This episode is brought to you by Lana Hurth. She's an expert pre and postnatal dietitian. All the information on new mum's nutrition is general in nature and does not replace individual medical advice. Come and join our Facebook group, New Mums Nutrition, and download the New Mums Nutrition checklist from lanahearth.com. Please subscribe, leave a review, and share us with friends so that more women can optimize their nutrition in a realistic and achievable way. Bye for now.